Okay, good morning, everyone. The, uh, I want to thank Lazy Bean Cafe. Hopefully, we'll still get a couple weeks of uh, learning in Wednesday mornings. Uh, I didn't record this one. We'll also learn uh, Lila Nishmas Avram Benyako. That's that. Okay, the, uh, we've been studying this year. Just to summarize, I think this is officially the 17th year. I just like this for the record. Even though there are a couple more, but those were uh, bonuses not relating to Trila of uh, daily Trila. So we've been focusing on what happens during Trila, how it's supposed to impact the rest of the day. This is true by Shachars, it's true by Minchamara, but we've only been dealing with uh, Shachars. You could apply this across the board. And uh, the goal, as we actually started uh, way back, is to look at uh, Simon Kufnun Vav. Kufnun Vav is a, a very fascinating Simon. It's actually under Hilchos Beis Knesset, even though, at least on the surface, it doesn't have to do with the laws of the Beit Knesset. So we gave certain suggestions that this actually is uh, some of the thoughts that should go through our head at the end of Tefillah. For example, the Amorayim and some Tanayim who added special Tefillos, Shoni Meiraz, the one that we use, it's supposed to uh, take our Tefillos and hopefully uh, move it forward. Not miraculously, but in combination with our effort to behave the rest of the day. So uh, this simon is called in the Shulchan Maso Matan. It's under Hilchos Beit Knesset. Now I just want to give you a little perspective of what the Mishnah Brura, <coughs> who we generally uh, <coughs> rely on, uh, for what he did with this uh, from a historical perspective, but I think you'll find it very interesting halakhically as well. So when you open up the tour, the tour is uh, the son of the rush. So this is still the Rishon who's organizing uh, the halacha. Our system of halacha that we have broken up into uh, different simanim and sifim, which is the way the Shulchan Aruch works, Rabbi Yosef Cairo, and many svarim today. It's a little tricky when you start uh, thinking everyone has this approach, you're gonna get confused. Like the Kitta Shulchan Aruch and the Chayadam have a different, each one of them has their own system. But uh, Tor Shulchan Aruch, Mishnah follows this system of order. So the Torah says in Hilchas Beis Knesset, I'm just throwing you one thing in here and it will show you how it gets expanded by the Mishnah Throughout the day, and again, this is something that we should be thinking about during davening, which doesn't seem so relevant to us. Make sure that uh, I should daven to Hashem to give me the help that the rest of today, I don't say God's name in vain. Now, unless you're an athlete, then... Uh, you know, you miss a lot of shots or foul shots, you probably don't say God's name in vain with a curse associated with it. You should be careful about it. So this is one of the Aseris HaDibros. So apparently, but why is the Torah talking about this? So if you look in the Gemara, in uh, Mesecha Shavuos, which is not about the holiday of Shavuos, but it's about uh, swearing, it was very common, that especially back then, even if you're not in court, that people would take Shavuos. Now, within the halachic uh, system, which we're not getting into now, there are all different forms of uh, swearing that takes place as part of testimony. You have Shavuos Hesis, you have uh, all different types of Shavuos of, from Shomrim, etc. We try to do whatever's possible not to make Shavuos. And it's very interesting is that even a, a Jew back, if you look at the time of the Gemara, the time of the Rishonim, there were Jews who may have not been so observant in every area of law. The last thing they ever wanted to do was take a shvua, to say God's name in vain. I assume that's why 
when someone gives testimony today, even in America, they say you swear on the Bible, right? Because that's supposed to add a certain amount of fear. I don't know if that's the fear or perjury is the fear, but it's supposed to be, you know, that's the whole history of, of oaths and uh, it's something that we're very scared to do and you're supposed to avoid. So this was obviously a consideration. Today, I'm not sure how many people formally swear. We were always told, at least by my mother, and uh, you know, guilt was always good in our house, don't swear. Don't use swear words, which is an interesting term for cursing. Why it's swear words, because often they were associated with swears. If you think about it, go Google cursing uh, together with swear words. And, uh, we, but halachically, and even emotionally, people who aren't so observant in every other area of life, they were very scared to ever say Hashem's name in vain. So the Torah uh, reinforces this, especially during a business day. Maybe you're in a conflict with someone. You're gonna formally swear, not swear. We see in the Gemara that people would, would often uh, be willing to come to a settlement, some type of compromise with an adversary better than swearing. Because people maybe fool themselves. So they think they're swearing honestly, but maybe they're swearing um, dishonestly. So this is a technicality. But from our perspective, you know, it's relevant to the truth, right? So even if uh, lying is not necessarily swearing falsely, but it's also a prohibition of So, you know, that's a challenge in the world. They get, unfortunately, uh, there's an expression, the, you sound like a used car salesman. I always thought that was not fair to use car salesmen. I have some friends who are used car salesmen who are very honest. Why should they be in, De in Detroit, Michigan? What was that famous uh, football player? He had all those, uh, do you remember those days? Yeah, I remember But you know what I'm talking about. Now he was a used car salesman, I think he got indicted. But um, generally, you, why does a used car salesman get a bad deal? So basically that's what this tour is saying. Don't act the way people think a used car salesman acts. But it could be a rabbi, it could be a... Melfar. Okay, maybe he didn't get indicted. I don't want to say Lashon Hara. Kenny reminded me last week, which is actually what the Chavetz Chaim says, when, and you'll see the relevance here as well. When we say not to speak Lashon Hara, technically, I don't make up the Torah, so if it's politically correct or not, what could I say? Technically, you can speak Lashon Hara about uh, Jason Tatum, and all those guys, you know, who choked after, after being up 3 nothing, But it may not be so good for our Midos, because the Chavetz Chaim says Midos is also part of it. So a lot of this deals with character. So the same thing here as well. We'll see some of the halachas. Okay, so that's what the tour focuses on. What you're going to end up seeing here, and I'm not speculating, I think it's pretty accurate, you'll see that the different uh, commentaries on this simon they deal with issues that they thought were extremely relevant in their time. So it becomes, once you get to the Mishnah Brura, this one paragraph, I didn't give you the whole thing, but this one short paragraph that I showed you a few months ago ends up being expanded. So you'll have here, when you open up a Mishnah Brura, which was written a hundred or so years ago, three or four pages, depending on your edition. Like, what's he talking about so much? So he took this, based on a mug and Avram, as an opportunity to talk about uh, many of the challenges today in the workplace, in the home place, uh, everywhere in the world. When you get to the base Yosef, so the base Yosef is the Shulchan Aruch before he wrote the Shulchan Aruch. It's his commentary on the tour. So he's dealing here with something totally different. I'm just giving you what each commentary adds to the previous commentary or previous posting. He says of Ashrei, praise should be, again, you have to be very careful about who listens to this tape and whoever's listening, I'm gonna qualify this, so don't fall asleep. 
He says, you should be very careful to deal in business with them. Now, who do you think the them are? Who are the them? Non-Jews. Now, if you'd stop right here, I should lose my job. You know, the rabbi gets up, new rabbi in town, and he says, I want everybody here to stop doing business with non-Jews. Every, what do you want, everybody to go into the rabbinate? You know, go into a Jewish education? What does that mean? And but don't worry, by the way. All the posts come already at the time of the Gemara dealing with this question. So we have to appreciate that it doesn't just mean non-Jews. It means what it says, avodos kochavim, or avodos gilulim. That's really what the Gemara says. Now you have to go to the beginning of Maseches Avodah Zarah, daf, vav, and, and from there on. So what was the issue over here that is, was a concern? And you're going to see already by the time you get to the Mishnah Bura, he says, don't worry about this. There was basically two concerns. And the way it's somewhat qualified already in the Mishnah, that it doesn't mean you're not supposed to do business with non-Jews at all, but Gimel Yamim Lufnei Eideihem, which means a few days before their holiday. What was the concern? That, uh, let's say it's a few days before Christmas. If you end up doing business, now business over here means giving loans, paying back debts, you know, buying things from them, selling things to them. The concern was one of two things, that when they came to the holiday, holiday season, people were very spiritually energized. They would either thank their Avodah so you would be, there's a Lifnei Iver Lositen Mechshel element here, incredibly, even a non-Jew, we want to protect them. That's what the thing is over here. We're not just apologizing, we're trying to protect them from worshiping Avodah which is not allowed even for a, a non-Jew, or for actually bringing it as part of a service. So again, I don't think too many people today, when you do business with a non-Jew, maybe they're gonna put it under the Christmas tree, you know, if you sold them a toy, but that's not Avodah for them at least. You know, for us it may be Avodah And that's the very long discussion here in the Mishnah Brewer on the Beis Yosef, what's the definition of Avodah today? So you should know, I mean, you see the halachas that come out of a simple halacha of dealing with business. So our assumption today, maybe it's a little bit different in India if you're dealing with uh, someone who's a very religious Buddhist, but uh, Christianity and Islam are not avodah for them. A Muslim's not avodah even for us, even though we're not supposed to be uh, converting to, to Islam. Christianity is avodah for us. Everybody knows the famous Miri, but let's talk about the way most halacha is uh, described. So that's what the Beis Yosef is, is talking about. Again, this issue is not so relevant to us today. You already see the Ramah pointing out the, the qualification. You get to the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch, if you look at the end, says, The Ramah, now the Ramah, we're already talking about uh, 400 years ago or so, says today, you don't have this issue. The whole issue in the Gemara is only a Durabanan because maybe something is going to happen. So today this isn't our uh, concern. He does say at the very end, Everyone agrees that on that day. So I remember, you know, when my father used to give tips to the, to the garbage man or to the garbage person, right, or to the mail person, which I think you're not supposed to actually give, but it's not such a terrible thing to give. <clears throat> so he would say, you know, that's what, the way he was raised. And they probably had a different attitude than we have today. But he grew up in Williamsburg for a number of reasons. 
says you have to. I mean, if anything, you're supposed to do pleasant, not just because they're going to kill you, because that's, the Ramam says you're supposed to be nice to non-Jews because he's supposed to be nice to every human being. As a byproduct, something nice will happen. So we were told don't do it on the day, you know, on the day itself. Maybe you heard such a thing. On Christmas, don't give the bonus. I don't know if that's a problem to give the bonus. It doesn't seem like that's an issue, but, you know, some held on to this idea. Okay. So this is just a little background to get us into what we want to discuss. The Mishnah Bura discusses the Simon Kufnun Vav Sif Katan Dalit. And again, what I write on top here in the bullet points is the role of tefillah in all this, which means we have to behave, we have to put in our effort, but we should also daven to Hashem at the end of davening or during davening or whatever point it's relevant that we need uh, some chizuk, we need some strengthening in certain areas. So here's what the Mishnah Bura says. It's really very unique for the Mishnah Bura to, to do what he does over here is he's quoting things that go way beyond what the Shulchan Aruch says. He opens up a Rambam and he uh, starts quoting from the Rambam, Hilchos Deus, in the laws of character. This is what I, we were discussing before. The issue that a lot of this is not just a prohibition, but it's, it's the character traits that are being challenged. So here we go. kama mitzvos tadiros. There are many different mitzvahs that are relevant consistently. Tadir means, you know, consistently. In parentheses, it says, he probably added this, or his uh, family. The Mishnah Bura was actually worked on not only by the Chavetz Chaim, by his uh, children. And the uh, Rav Shechta often, you know, because he knows everything, Rav Shechta knows wherever there are contradictions in the Mishnah Bura. It doesn't change the world, but he says it's pretty obvious. You know, there was uh, different people who were working on it. You know, the family, originally the Chavetz Chaim, we have a letter over there, we have a safer there, letters of the Chavetz Chaim. He originally published uh, the Mishnah Bura, obviously to help with halacha, but he agreed to sell it for profit, which was not, he didn't make a lot of money on the Chavetz Chaim safer, or Shmir Salashin. Art Scroll's done a, done a much better job. He, he could have used Art Scroll, the Chavetz Chaim, to live a little better life even though he was very, uh, he was not strict about his, his standards of life. But here he wanted to raise money to make Aliyah. The Chavetz Chaim actually had a, a place, either picked out or already purchased in Eretz Yisrael. So he gave the family permission to sell the books. The irony, this is totally a sidebar, who's making all the money on the, uh, the Mishnah Brewers that every Bar Mitzvah get, boy, gets uh, two or three copies. I don't think the family's getting anything because they're still descendants of the Chavetz Chaim. Anyway, these are uh, sidebars, but let's go on. That every single day, a human being, when you leave shul, in shul everybody behaves. That's the assumption, that's what mean. But once you go out into that tough world, so that we're going to have many challenges. And here, it's not going to be our challenges from the non-Jews, it's not going to be the challenges from the outside world. We have to protect ourselves from ourselves. Sometimes that's the biggest challenge in life. And that's why you're going to see the Chavetz Chaim discusses this, not in Choshen Mishpat, where he didn't write a commentary anyway, but here in the laws of Orachayim, in daily life. So he says, uh, we should be careful of this, cognizant of it as often as possible. He says at all times. He says a lot of these things are not brought in the Shulchan Aruch. People often will say to a rabbi, Show it to me. I want to see it in the Shulchan Aruch. If it doesn't say it in the Shulchan Aruch, I don't follow it. 
But you know that we have, uh, I don't know who made this expression up, Rabbi White. What do we have? How many uh, Siddharam of the Shulchan, how many books of the Shulchan Aruch do we have? We have, you have four, but there's actually fifth. There's a fifth one, that's called common sense. But not just common sense, it's the Midos, right? It's not just always the letter of the law. What the Chavetz Chaim is doing now is he's gonna tell us these things are, many of them are the letter of the law, even if they're not spelled out. The Shulchan Aruch himself didn't spell out all 613 mitzvot and all the Durabanans. So he gives us examples. But before that, he says, Many times the Magen Avram felt that this should at least be on the page of the Shulchan Aruch. So he said it from the Rambam, Vishari HaRishonim, and other Rishonim. And this is very important. And many statements that are said in Chazal. He's apologizing. He says, you get to this simon in the Shulchan Aruch, and you think I'm not going to say anything. I apologize to everyone. We're going to have to spend some time on it. That's what the Chavetz Chaim says. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to write a little bit on it. So I'm giving you just now some of the examples. Well, well, next week I'm going to give some practical applications of these examples and some more. It's so amazing when we don't say Tachman. The best part of not saying Tachman is we have more time to learn. Baruch Hashem. Nothing to do with the Baltfila, of, of course, but that helps. So look at, the, look at the next point. Ongoing association with Bali Amasora. You know, a lot of people, this is what I heard from my Rebbe, so I don't want to uh, say it on my own or about anybody in this room. They, Rabik, who was a great Rav in the Bronx, and uh, before that in other places as well, so he lamented the fact that uh, people didn't ask him questions about business, business ethics, people didn't ask him. He said, when it comes to an Esra, people line up. They used to line up to ask for big questions. When it comes to Choshen Mishpat, areas of business, everybody paskins on their own, right? So it's very interesting. Now, that's a very harsh statement. It's not true here. I know uh, Rabbi Przansky told me one time, he heard in the name of Ramosha, I didn't see this written, that Ramosha said the same thing about Hilchus Sedakah. He says, there's so many questions that people ask me, but he lamented that in the United States of America, he hardly received any questions about Hitler's Sadaka. There are a lot of questions that come up, you know, and it's true in many areas of life. When do people uh, ask, even if you don't hold of the extreme application of Das Torah, but when do you get guidance from Rabban and from Chacham, and when do you decide on your own? It's very relevant to communal issues. You know, people make decisions on their own. They think they're serving L'Shem Shemayim, they bring shame to Shemayim. I can give you a million examples of Chachamim who discuss this, and they're not being self-serving. So the first thing the Shulchan Aruch, the, the Mishnah Berurah says, within this context of daily life, he quotes the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchas Deo says, Mitzvah Saseh, there's a mitzvah in the Torah, this is towards the end of the Torah, of uh, D-Book, we, everybody knows about D-Book Chaverim, hanging out with friends, it's beautiful. But the, the real thing you're supposed to do, it's Mitzvah Saseh, is D-Book with Tamid Chacham, right? Because there's a mitzvah of dibuk with Hashem, to cling to Hashem. So the Rambam says, I'm doing this outside, how can a person cling to Hashem? We're physical. So you cling to Hashem's ambassadors. Now that sounds very, uh, giving a lot of power to human beings, but yeah, we attach ourselves to uh, great Chachamim, who hopefully, right, live these very ethical lives. And that helps guide us. Because in a lot of areas of life, we're not objective. What's the whole idea of going to, uh, we lost from Gershon Edelstein, who was a great god though in Israel. Why would someone go to him for advice? 
Obviously, he'd want to know the person's situation, especially him. But these are people, he's 100 years old. He gave shear till I think, uh, Sunday night or Monday night. So he had a lot of experience in life. He, in particular, he grew up in a, in a community, Ramana Sharon. His father was a Rav. His brother's a very famous Rav, Rabbi Yaakov Edelstein. So it's like going to a doctor who's an expert. You don't necessarily have to listen to every aspect, but it's definitely pretty good as a second opinion from an objective person. So that's what the, the Mishnah Brewer brings us up over here. You shall learn from their actions. And he's quoting the Gemara, which is brought in the Rambam. Could a person actually cling to Hashem? Now, it doesn't just have to be one person. We had a beautiful discussion led by Rabbi Wine on uh, Das Torah. So I pointed out something I heard from his Rebbe, Rav Lichtenstein, that uh, does someone have to have only one Rav? Sam says yes, only one rough. He meant one minute. So I heard the question asked of Lichtenstein. Rav Lichtenstein said, what does it say in the Mishnah? In Pirkei Avos, You should have one rav and one friend. He says, you're allowed to have more than one friend. You could have more than one rav. The goal is not to do supermarket shopping. You don't like Baum's answers, so you call up the next guy. But in different areas of life, there are different specialists. You know, on my phone, I have a different rabbi on my call for different issues. And you see this in the Rambam. This is Rabbi Wine showed this to me from the Rambam. Something Rav Khan from YU said, his language is, right? And he always talks about not just one chacham. So this is supposed to help us in life. And I'm not a Talmud chacham, but at least a student of one. Baruch Hashem, people call me up at all times of the day about, you know, they're in business questions. They have challenges. I got a question this morning. Is a yichud shayla. You know, someone's going to be in an office late at night, 11.30 at night just her and uh, someone else, you know, how do, how do you address it? These are real questions that have to be asked. The last thing I want to say here, and we'll continue next week, is the Chavetz Chaim then goes into the category of avas people, loving people. That's going to be a big part of the day and maybe the biggest challenge of the day. It's very easy to work on your own if you look at yourself. But most of us have to deal with other people. So how does that uh, transfer into reality? So this simon ends up becoming a uh, clincher to the laws of tefillah.